Hello and welcome back to Podcasting is Praxis. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. I'm James, my pronouns are they and them. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. And I'm Rob, and mine are he and him. Are you glad to be back, Rob? Uh, well, I was sort of semi-back when I recorded the premium, which the cool cats on our Patreon can listen to. At some point, coming soon, TM, TM. I was going to say I'm happy to be back, but, but then I pitched today's episode idea, and now I'm not happy anymore. Indeed, <laughs> I've made myself very unhappy. But, you know, hey, it's Podcast Sigurds Praxis, so I get to share my new discoveries with you, the audience, and my co-hosts. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Rob came to me with two options, and I picked the worst one, and I'm quite glad it's upset you, to be fair, because it's not often I get to upset you with show notes. That was nice. I mean, I, I, as as all our listeners will know, it, this is all your fault, David, and not mine. You make me do these things. We'll see how that comes out in the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just stitched together confession of a serial killer. <laughs> Love it. So, Rob, did you did you do anything incredibly American while you were on holiday? Did you get to, like, blow up buildings or something? Something I didn't want to hear about ever again anymore, but which did sort of manage to come back around again when I started logging in to check the news, is today's party gate round infinity, and I'm so fucking <laughs> tired. Like, I, I left the fucking, you know, I, I left this earth behind i left podcasting behind and i thought christ surely this must be over now and no it's back again like in really shit pog form and the time is taking you to go on a multi-month holiday you jammy bastard and come back we're still talking about fucking parties during lockdown god damn if that's not an indictment of everything about this country i don't know what is no, it's truly incredible. I mean, it's just, you know, once again, on the day of something or other, like, more convenient pictures have been leaked that have existed, apparently existed for, like, 18 months or two years or something by now. I don't understand how much long it was. But I'm just like, it it didn't sink him the first 17 times. Like, the police have closed their investigation. Uh, what? Why are we still doing this? Uh, I, I no, really no, no, don't no, 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 sorry. You said 17 times. I've just checked on Twitter and we're on to Johnson out 120 now. So 120 oh, things. Oh. <sighs> no, like that's this, you know, this time this will do the job. And we're now being treated to the usual like, oh, Tory MPs want to see the Gr- Sue Gray report before they say anything. And it's going to be released tomorrow. It's like, It'll be released tomorrow, everybody will do a song and dance, and then nothing will happen, because nothing happened, Mm -hmm. you know, the last 20 times this exact thing happened. The only thing time that something may happen is, is, you know, the hilarity outcome, and that's when the Durham Police Department decides to get rid of Keir Starmer. (laughs) (laughs) Inshallah, I cannot fucking wait for that. The entire fallout for this just being... Keith haven't ever said. <laughs> I really, I really want him to do it in the middle of the by-elections coming up. I cannot describe to you how much of a banter timeline that would be for like nine different reasons. He's been convinced to come out and give that speech to say like, oh, this is a really good idea to go out and just say this shit. So mm. like, he could easily be talked into just resigning for the sake of the party at this point <laughs> in the middle of a by-election is <laughs> some sort of gambit. Like, ah, oh, fuck, I can't wait. But did you guys see that disgusting profile of Wes Streeting in the Financial Times where pretty much the first thing he says to the journal is, yeah, it's kind of good for, good timing for me to be out of the country. I was like, yeah, you fucking prick. <laughs> 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 
But I'm just, I'm so fucking tired because, like, you know, we won't, JB, I really won't bore you with energy prices again. But, like, I think it was announced today um, that that Ofgem is going to raise the price cap to £2,800 instead of 2000 that they were originally planning. And it's just like, I won't go into it because, like, other people, including TF, have just been talking about it. But it's just like, on the day we do that, it's like, of course, all the journals are just like, oh, look at the, you know, the, the stupid fucking Partygate show chapter 10,000. It's just. It drives me completely insane. Also, the fact that like wholesale gas prices in the UK are lower than they yeah. were at the start of this whole like fuck around. So you know, it's not really required. It's just pure profiteering at this point. It's. I mean, again, I don't want to bore everybody, but I mean, apparently and Jamie is banned don't. from to- talking. <laughs> but you're gonna try. <laughs> No, I'm really not. No, I'm I'm genuinely like just going to spend one more moment saying how fucking bored I am with the whole fucking Partygate spectacle, and I don't understand why we're fucking doing this again. Like, it's I mean, just it's really stupid, and there's more important things that they could be focusing on, like the Forbes report. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I saw that as well. You, if you're still waiting for that, can you just get like a big rube tattoo, essentially? Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, oh, it's just uh, fucking incredible. Stupid. I thought at this point, whoever it was, Sienna uh, um, uh, Miller, I think, post tweeting yep. it from uh, Labour List, uh, but that apparently uh, David Miller just said, "Yeah, you're, uh, no, not David Miller, um, David Evans, uh, Big Davy Racisms." Um, <laughs> that he. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot. They forgot to. Uh, that he said. Well, you can't fire anymore. You had your shot and you missed. I'm just like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> oh Jesus yeah. Christ! It's just like, why are you still doing this? Uh, why are you doing this to yourself? I genuinely don't understand it. That you're still trying to make this a thing. Because it's, it's all it, they've got. Like, what else yeah, has stuff for them else. to get obsessed with? The thing is, like, as soon as the report comes out and there's, it's just all been heavily fucking redacted and edited, and there's nothing interesting in it. Like, part of the part of the reason it's being delayed at the moment is for fact checking, so that they can make sure <laughs> that things are like factual, which which literally means delete the WhatsApp conversations. So yeah, presumably, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you can't get a hold of people's phones, which they will not fucking hand over because they're all implicated in fucking shit, then yeah, like that's just that's not happening. So. All, uh, I, all I have to say is God bless that one person who was so stupid he just gave the original report makers the entire contents of his WhatsApp. Just like, you know, always nice to have someone who's just like no clue what they're doing and shouldn't be involved in politics make such a fatal error that fucks over the worst people in the world. Yeah, the My Crimes chat log. Yeah, fucking mm-hmm. beautiful. <laughs> uh, I mean, that shit's been pretty funny, but overall, it's just like another fucking depressing week in UK politics. Um, and speaking of which, there was a bit uh, in in the site that I thought was kind of interesting. This was uh, was in The Guardian and was written by Sandra Leville, and it was essentially, there's a new-ish site, uh, 24-hectare site on the beach in Lincolnshire, and it's going mm-hmm. to be, uh, it's planned to be the home of the UK's geological deposit facility. And if you're like, what the hell is that? Uh, that's the ho- projected home for all the uh, nuclear waste. Uh, and it's going to be <laughs> sited in... <laughs> that's a hell of a euphemism. Geological I know, isn't it deposit. good? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lance, just off. Got to make a quick geological deposit. Like, that is fantastic. <laughs> 
it, it is projected, I should say, to be built in in or near Mablethorpe, which is just south of Grimsby. Hooking into previous episodes where we discussed the decline and demise of uh, UK coastal towns, especially in the north. So you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's another one of those. And apparently, they're being bribed by you know the presence of jobs, all the jobs that are going to be and the te- high tech jobs that a nuclear waste facility is going to bring to sorry a geological deposit facility uh, is is going to bring to to the region. Keir Starmer's just appeared in my room because you said jobs three times. <laughs> <laughs> only works if you're staring in a darkened mirror david <laughs> I, I don't mean an actual mirror i mean the paper <laughs> so yeah this is supposed to be uh the reason they're building it there is it is because the site it's the site of a gas terminal where uh north, north sea gas used to come in so the idea is that they would dig the facility six miles off the be- off the beach uh, between 200 and 1,000 meters below sea level, and then they would just build a big tunnel to it and then just dump all the nuclear waste in it. Um, mm. According to The Guardian, it would be made up of subterranean tunnels and vaults with natural and artificial barriers to minimize the to minimize but not eliminate the escape of radioactivity, which is apparently being under consideration. So, like, look, on the one hand, I'm like, if we're going to do nuclear and I have, you know, I think nuclear is probably like a, a decent idea until we get like, I don't really know enough about energy mixes, but like, I think it's probably a decent idea and you've got to do something with the waste. Like, it's fair enough. Uh, but the the thing that's, you know, of course, this is the way it is, uh, is that apparently talks to put this thing there have been going on for about two years until the BBC, like local uh, station sort of by accident revealed that they were even going on. Um, and this was done on purpose because every time previously they tried to put the, like, the nuclear waste site somewhere, the local people quite understandably said, yeah, we don't want this shit anywhere near us. Get it away from me. So they now they were just like, yeah, no, we do this in secret because it's better that way. I mean, makes De- sense. Democracy. Yeah. I like, mean, that's, again, that's how it works, you know, right? you got to put the shit somewhere. I get it, but, you know. Have they considered somewhere that's already shit like Edinburgh? My favourite bit of this is because they contacted the uh, Nuclear Waste Disposal Agency or, or whoever they are exactly um, and said, well, why are you putting it there? And, you know, what about these local complaints? And they said, well, actually, this is good for you because of three reasons. The first, as I said, uh, jobs. Uh, the second is they said it will help contribute to protecting conservation areas around the nuclear waste site because obviously nobody wants to build anything near them. Uh, let's not ask mm-hmm. what happens to the birds when you know shit kicks off. But my favorite bit was, let me read you from the article again. <coughs> the agency has also attempted to placate those who complain uh, the dump will kill tourism in the area. There may be an opportunity to create a scientific center of excellence, which itself could generate visitor traffic and even become a tourist point of interest, the impact assessment said. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to go see where we throw all the, like, hazardous hell materials, kids? Oh boy, yes. (laughs) Come to Mablethorpe, wear your lead suit, and and behold the mutants. (laughs) The sea is a beautiful blue, a beautiful glowing blue. (laughs) Come solo, you'll leave as a group. (laughs) Yeah, so that's, I mean, there was some other stuff I wanted to talk about, but like I said, I've been driving myself insane today, uh, and I wrote a whole bunch of show notes, so I thought we should get on with the main topic... And this is essentially because, as I mentioned before, there was that big profile of the new 
new hope for, for Labour, uh, West Streeting in the Financial Times. And then there was essentially a repeat piece in the new statement, pretty much statesman, pretty much saying exactly the same. West Streeting is here to come and save the day. And he is, uh, you know, the man boy, uh, something that will come <laughs> and purge the Labour Party of its f- remaining leftness and then bring it into the light as the new sensible, responsible leader um, of the party. So, look, I don't think it's a great surprise that they, that nobody on this podcast is a particular fan of West Streeting, just like in general as an object or as a pers- political personality. You, but I, you I don't say. <laughs> but I thought it would be worthwhile to not just you know do the surface thing, but actually figure out what it is he stands for and where he comes from. So, oh I've my read, god, like, Rob, are you? Are we doing a deep dive on West Streeting tonight? Is that what this is? <laughs> that is exactly what is happening. Oh, fuck me. I withdraw everything I said before about it being nice you being back. God damn it. Ah, right. Fine. Okay. 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 Lead us through the golden arches, Rob. Let's do this horse shit. So I thought I'd tell you a little bit about background and bio first. And then what I've done for you is I've read a 60-page pamphlet he wrote for the Fabian Society. And I think it's me and three <laughs> other weirdos who have done that. <laughs> Before before you kick off, I'd like to say like you you said that none of us are a fan of West Street or anything like that, but I'm actually a huge fan. Yeah, of you how are useful a tool he is because no one is going to be better at dismantling labour than that cunt. Like, what was the the headline the other week? It was like fucking is um is West Street the hero that labour needs? It's like no, but he is the hero that no, they deserve. Is, is, uh, the, the headline was "Is West Streeting the savior labour desperately ah, savior. needs?" Yeah, yeah. Even better, even more more professional writing from the sh- from from Mister Pickard, shit Tintin, as I like to refer to him. <laughs> How many axes can one mind grind at a time? Let's find out. <laughs> Uh, so just like as a kickoff, I said I'd do a little bit of bio background first. Let me read you a little bit from an, an an interview he did a long time ago for a publication called FE Week. I'm not really sure. Uh, Further Education Weekly, I think that's what it stands for. It will be, um, yeah. Is this when he was still in the fucking NUS? Uh, no, it was a little bit after when he became... I think this is from when he was Shadow Education Secretary. I think that's what oh, right, okay. Let me read you a little bit. As a quote-unquote geeky, gobby, free schools meals kid with NAF trainers, young West Streeting was never going to win any popularity (sighs) contests. But, he reckons, it was his own fault. Quote, I won a book token in the school competition and bought a collection of speeches by Tony Blair and read it on the (laughs) coach to and from... Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Off to a strong start, Rob, here. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. I read it on the coach from to and from games. I mean, what sort of kid reads Tony Blair speeches on the bus? I was asking to be bullied, really. And I'm yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, and you still are. <laughs> and essentially, I read a whole bunch of interviews with him. And what I really strongly get from it, like essentially, I read this stuff from when he was uh, president of the National Union of Students up to now. And what you always get is like every journal at every stage along this like trip always mentions that he's got this incredibly impressive cv that's a direct quote from politics home by the way but as you'll discover along the way it's just like 
after he joins the National Union of Students, it's just one insider role leveraged into another, leveraged into another, while making nice with the right money people and building up a big bank of connections for later. And we're not quite close to the later, I think. Do you have mm. the, um, I, I don't know if this is because I've skimmed the notes, but have you got the Don Foster quote in here? Uh, that he was a uh, 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 a lickspittle right wing cunt even when he was yes. anyway present. <laughs> present. I don't have it exactly, but I know it well enough that that's a fair summary yeah. of the Don Foster quote. <laughs> it's actually word for word, yeah. <laughs> So there's essentially throughout this, it, it, he and everybody who writes about him, including all the other neoliberal clones, is like, you must win first. You must attain power before you can help the people. And to attain power, you must do essentially anything uh, and everything. Yeah, he's got a lot of like, he does it over and over again. He does the epigenetic working class heritage. You know, like my grandfather was in jail once upon a time and so was my grandmother. Therefore, I know what it's like to be struggling. Uh, and when I talk mm-hmm. about being tough on crime and tough on the causes of crime, I have seen both sides of the spectrum. It's the usual, you know, uh, a bio note. It's 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 his version of the uh, son of a toolmaker, essentially. Yeah. Let's skip ahead to his university years when he becomes president of the National Union of Students. Uh, let me read you a little bit again from a profile in The Guardian. This is right at the end. Um, where they ask him for his uh, his his likes and his dislikes. Uh, his oh, likes, uh, a list of three, are students' unions, widening participation, and Hillary Clinton. Oh, fuck <laughs> off! Like, what on earth, you little freak? Like, e- each one of those... Each one of those was more disgusting and, like, insincere than the last. God damn. <laughs> Uh, his dislikes, by the way, and that will become later in but a moment, are being in debt, Little Englanders, <laughs> and George W. Bush, which, you know, that well, sort of... It, oh, God damn. Like, I just... Do you really... Are you so fucking politically vapid that you have to talk about America's politics? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you're literally in here, you made politics your thing, you're not doing it for entertainment's purposes, and the things you like and dislike, the political people you pick are... Hillary Clinton and George W. Bush. Just like Yeah, but this yeah. is um a recording around the time where uh this is this this interview is recorded, I think I didn't check the dates, but I'm reasonably sure, during the two thousand eight primary season. So this is before Obama takes it from Clinton. So when given the choice between two thousand eight Obama and two thousand eight Hillary Clinton, he still goes with Hillary, which is truly astonishing. I mean not surprising, but you know, Jesus Christ. Um Fantastically, though, for someone who says he dislikes being in debt um, and after as NUS president campaigning on not doing tuition fees and even getting lots of MPs to sign. This is he's the guy who gets all the MPs to sign the pledge that they won't raise tuition fees, which later on leads to that amazing video of Nick Clegg saying, I'm sorry. But fortunately, he does on in 2009. This is still under Brown. Uh, he moves towards the sensible position of supporting tuition fees. Um, and he then does this with um, then Education Secretary David Lammy, <laughs> who was also in favour of raising tuition fees. Ah, oh, yeah, it's just it's fucking poetry. Yeah, really. everything rhymes, as you'll as you'll as you'll discover during this episode. Essentially, this whole capitulation. It, he describes it in another interview. Uh, he says essentially both the Tories and Labour are in favour of raising tuition fees. So in our 
is the National Union of Students going to make a big fuss, or are we going to work sensibly with power to ameliorate the worst of the damage? Uh, and also mm, help myself say. for my own personal ambitions in the process. Mm. I mean, he doesn't say that last bit. That's supposition on my... Uh... Yeah, by the way, if you're, if you're wondering what kind of profile he gets uh, uh, already at the time, this is, this is the starting opening line from an interview in 2009 with The Independent. Once a hotbed of far-left politicking, the National Union of Students is getting real under West Streeting. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a less real organization, frankly. <laughs> Prove I mean, me wrong. One might even go so far as to suggest that as president of the National Union of Students with a clear personal desire to become a politician, which he already states in interviews at that time, it might have been in his personal interest to work sensibly with the Labour government of the time rather than, you know, kicking up a big fuss and spoiling his own personal chances for personal advancement. Uh, not that it hugely matters because Gordon Brown still goes down and we still get the coalition government. Um, so he swiftly moves on to several different ventures, including a stint which genuinely I looked quite hard and I couldn't find a fucking lick of it anymore. He was a higher education consultant for PricewaterhouseCoopers and I can't work out what he did there. There's no record of him. Not in like the first six or seven pages of Google results at least. I can't work out what he did there. Uh, but what I do know is in uh, 2012, he was working on the mayoral campaign of Una King, who was then an ex-MP trying to primary and uh, unseat Ken Livingston. She didn't win. Um, but this is from The Guardian, and see if this sounds familiar. In a speech strong on aspiration and light on policy, King said she wanted to connect with all Londoners who do not feel part of the mainstream King fit, focused her pitch on engaging with young people and preventing knife crime, which has claimed the life of many teenagers in the capital. Oh, fuck off. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, by the way, during the same campaign, by the way, she loses to, as I said, to Ken Livingston, but not being, before being backed by Neil Kinnock, Alan Johnson, and Ben Bradshaw. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, with those big names. It's a miracle she didn't win. <laughs> yeah, but all of whom later on turn out to be big supporters and vocal supporters of Young West Streeting, uh, part of the campaign team. He then moves on to be head of education for a while at Stonewall, which I'm not going to talk too much about because that seems pretty worthy. And from the few things I read about it, that seems pretty worthy. So I'm not going to, you know, Stonewall's a good organization. Yeah, so they all, we'll they all have to have one. They all have to have one issue where they're like, oh, I guess I need something that no one can kind of take umbrage with, that everyone agrees is a solid thing. What can I do? What's the least offensive thing? And they always think pick something. Can, yeah, what we can really see here is, thank fuck, he's no longer working at Stonewall. Yeah, yes. like, there you go, in a nutshell. Um, he joins Parliament in, in for Ilford South eventually in 2015 i.e. the absolute dregs of the Ad Miliband years when like just Elf the North, worst Elf people North. Elford North Elford North sorry Elford South Elford South is, South uh, is, is occupied by someone else <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, he's in the same cohort with Jess Phillips uh, by the way uh, of course you know. Uh, and essentially, he from the jump, he's essentially as he ever was. He's just a, a little smooth-faced black clown. Um, and to his, I'm going to say, very mild credit, during the Corbyn years, he doesn't try to hide who or what he is. And because of a lack of deselection procedures, he just ran his mouth throughout. You know, oh, he Salisbury was a poison the entire time. Yeah, 
the Salisbury poisoning was uh, evidence that Corbyn couldn't be trusted with NATO and Russia. He, he's still running riot on anti-Semitism. Um, Jeremy Corbyn is not credible, blah, 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 the usual. Uh, although hilariously, right post-Corbyn in 2020, he, um, he's one of the uh, people who signs the the MP ballot to support um, Jess Phillips for Labour leader. With What I didn't know is that at the time, she wanted Ian Murray to be the deputy. And I can't think of a single yep. more unlikable ticket. Jesus Christ. I'd forgotten all about that. <laughs> it's all pretty straightforward. She bought him a Happy Meal and that was that. <laughs> Jess Phillips as leader and Ian Murray as deputy would absolutely have gone down like a fucking storm in the best way possible in my old CLP. Those melts would have <laughs> fucking loved that shit. A lot of them get really fucking defensive when I called Ian Murray a snake in the meeting. Like, really fucking <laughs> properly defensive about it, and I'm like, he's a cunt. <laughs> yeah, he is a complete cunt. How does he keep that seat, by the way? I Not to digress too much into Scott Paul, but uh, like, no how one, the fuck no does one a guy fucking that knows. fucking psychotic? Yeah, no, genuinely no cunt fucking knows. Like, it is absolute <laughs> mysteries. Like, you remember the fucking, who, oh, who was that cunt? Who was that? useless cunt Tory MP who was a fucking cabinet minister for years Grayling mind how Grayling just kept fucking failing from job to job and no mm. cunt could ever fucking touch him because he had some sort of like dark powers same shit except Ian Murray <laughs> only man used to hold on to a fucking constituency seat <laughs> yeah and also if, I, if memory serves he was also about to join Cocktick like two minutes before and then got cold feet that was him wasn't it yeah, 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 he shat it because he thought his mum would be fucking disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> As if she's not already. I mean, come on, you fuck. So it is during this time, uh, this is before a Star Wars is elected, it's during that fucking endless leadership period um, when Rebecca Long Bailey was conspiring with the Vatican to uh, threaten our abortion rights. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. I'd forgotten all about that horse shit. <laughs> so it's during this time that he launches a pamphlet with the Fabian Society. He he talks about it during an interview with, I think, Politics Home. What I've tried to do with this pamphlet is to set up my response to the five big challenges that are going to shape this country and the world for generations. I hope that when people uh, read it, they will agree with lots of it, engage where they won't, but above all, uh, engage with the core demand of the pamphlet, which is the, for the Labour Party to turn outward and let us face the future once again. Uh, that, by the way, is the, the, the title uh, of the pamphlet. It is called Let Us Face the Future Again. It was published in March 2020, right in the middle of the uh, leadership campaign and also at the start of the COVID, COVID pandemic, so he couldn't do a live and in-person launch. Um, <sighs> so shall we engage with West Streeting thought? No. I mean, why <laughs> ask? Like, Rob, you know, you would, you would ironically be a pretty good torturer because you kind of rock up going, so, who's here for the finger calipers? And it's like, uh, yeah, it's, do we have a choice in this matter? No. Get on with it, motherfucker. So the whole thing is very, very consciously modelled on the 1997 New Labour Manifesto and presents itself no. as a centre-left <laughs> um, centre vision for the future. Mm. That's both a foreword and an introduction, which is always good, both written by West Reading. <laughs> what a fucking chump <laughs> had to write the foreword and the introduction to his own fucking pamphlet yeah <laughs> hey Babs would you like to write the foreword to my hello 
hello? <laughs> That's like incredible taking a selfie of yourself stood in front of a photo of yourself energy. <laughs> <laughs> and then posting it and saying all my mates are just off camera, they're all laughing. Essentially, the thought is like, what I'm doing is setting out my stall for the challenge of the future, but really it's about saying Corbynism bad. Not just Corbyn himself, but Corbynism as a thing uh, could never be the answer to the challenges posed by the global financial crisis, austerity, uh. deindustrialization, the hollowing out of towns, 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 or, quote, high levels of concern over migration. There it is. None of these things could have been or were. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Fucking cunt. <laughs> uh, essentially, it's it's and it's also a riff on a very well known theme, which is also incredibly Blairite, which is Labour has to be in government to make people's lives better, and how we get to government that doesn't matter. The ends justify uh, the means. Yeah, Labour has to be in government to make people's lives better, and how do they get there by promising to make people's lives worse? Yes, exactly. Because that's sensible. Yeah, and then once they're in there, they make like fucking everyone's lives worse. But you get sure start centers. Well, it's, it's also it's more than that. Like it's like okay, we need to get power. How do we get power by promising to make people's lives worse? And then once they're in power, they go. But we can't go back on our word, or we'll lose power, and then we're not able to help anyone. So we have to do the horrible things we promised. But don't worry, we'll do some good things as well to make up for it. And that's how you get the sure start centers. Like it's you know. It's this whole thing of like it's it's the power. Without power, we're irrelevant. So just throw anything which isn't already like in the domain and purview of power. But the you know throw anything that capital doesn't like. Basically, they're cunts. A lot of them. Pretty much. I mean, th this pamphlet does contain some bits about like how unions are good and under a West Streeting government, unions would have more powers. But I'm going to leave it to you to decide whether or not anything like that more is powers to do I mean, what? I, I don't really know. Get 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 more people in the union. <laughs> oh really? Not not like not like arrest travellers or like set up <laughs> genital inspection statement uh, stations outside public toilets or something like that, is it? <laughs> I don't think that's going to be a union job. That's going to be somebody's job, but I don't think that's going to be the role of GMB essentially. Although they would be comfortable with it. I I'm sure it'll be stuff like powers to award uh, happy meals to extra good boys, that kind of mm -hmm. shit, you know. <laughs> Essentially, uh, the country is looking for more than a protest against past wrongs, you see. Uh, let us face the future again. Uh, so we have to stop looking inward, we must look outwards. And so, of course, most of the introduction is spent looking inward. We must inward. learn to master our rage before our rage becomes our master. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, it is fortunately that, that the introduction then spends literally most of its time looking at past wrongs and not facing the future. And he does this by laying out some real, like, home truths that the Labour Party nobody nobody talks about and that are really unknown. Uh, one of them was the truth that Labour was too pro-globalisation in the 1990s, which is, that's, that's unheard criticism. Nobody's ever said that before. Um, mm. And that even during the Miliband years, they were unable to shake off Tory attacks about the economy because Labour's not trusted with the money. Uh, a theme that will be returned to time and time again, and also how that's supposed to be uh, solved. And essentially, none of this is near an uncomfortable truth. It's just shit that everybody knows. Like, you, I could pick up the fucking New Statesman from five years ago, ten years ago, and read those exact, like, uncomfortable truths. Yeah. See when he's um, talking about globalization? Mm hmm. Like, is he actually talking about, like, the actual concept of globalization, or is he. No, he means it like, in silent the. Uh, brackets around it? I was going to say he means it in the David Duke sense. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he he does seem to have a grasp of what globalization is. He just, as usual, you know, the problem's very bad. The cause is very good. It's it's more yeah, along. Yeah, it's, yeah. The riff is more along that line. So chapter one. E- sorry, there's going to be five themes to this, and the, um, the first is oh, inequality. Themes. Then, it, yeah, uh, inequality, aging, technology, climate, and shifting global power. I'm sorry. Which which one of these? Which one of these is about like fucking making sure Rupert Murdoch thinks you're great? I th- they're all about that. <laughs> the, broadly speaking, that's the meta theme. See, he's very good. Uh, at this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got subtext and everything. Chapter one, opening line: Ours is a great country full of promise and opportunity. No, fuck Just, off. No. <laughs> pull, the, pull the other one, mate. It's got a fucking bell on it. <laughs> Uh, however, sadly, uh, the social contract between the British state and the citizens is broken. Inequality is out of control. There's class divisions, regional divisions. There's a productivity gap between UK workers and European workers and American workers, etc. Et oh, et shut the fuck up. Who cares? Um, this, again, nothing is nothing in this is at all surprising. And again, it could have been written in 1997 because that's when that was also true. Um there's a bunch of statistics that we're all familiar with about how life increasingly sucks for people who live in the UK. But then we get to one of the first really identified problems, which is, quote-unquote, the tax gap between receipts and expenditures is expected to grow. So, you know, just so we're very clear from the jump, he is very much about balancing the budget because national debt is bad. Debt, debt, debt bad. You know, that's one of the things he disliked the most from his student times, if you remember. I don't remember. Why? <laughs> like, what do you mean, why? Because I'm me. Like, but as, as president of the fucking National Union of Students, how much was he liable for the debt? <laughs> like, he wasn't. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> no, but apparently the NUS at the time had debt, and debt is bad. I, def- I don't know. Which was only temporarily his problem. When, uh, when was this kind of university? Uh, he was president of the NUS 2008 to 10, so I think that's post-graduation, so he must have been there 2003, 2006, something like that, I would say. Maybe 2004, 2007, something along those lines, around about there. I was just wondering how much, like, fucking his student loans were. When did the first ones kick in? That's under the Tories. No, but it's after. It's after, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's only introduced by the Tories. So he's he goes to the school tuition free. I think I yeah. think you'll find this is all irrelevant detail and it shouldn't be considered at all. And how dare you ask? <laughs> this is just the politics of jealousy in action. And uh, <laughs> simple as you know, anyone who wants to go to university can go to university. So don't see what the problem is. Now, if you excuse me, my big burly bouncers dressed like Ronald McDonald are going to hurl you out the room. <laughs> We've been over this about the politics of jealousy and spite. I like the politics of jealousy and spite, and that's why I support Wes for Lidl. Out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> he does all these things. Essentially, every chapter is like a, a whole bunch of stating the problems. Then there's a bit called facing the future, and then there's a series of solutions. So if he says, if we, we must face the future again, so here comes another unpleasant home truth. The liberal market settlement born by Thatcherism is not up to the job of rebuilding Britain's economy to work in the interest of everyone, but nor are the often hierarchical or paternalistic institutions of our existing welfare state. So what Wes's thing is, he wants to put power closer to you. 
and by which I mean he wants to put more power in the hands of local authorities and he wants to get councils more in your lives because councils are the authority closest to you and boy who doesn't love their council yeah well labor councils at this point I imagine yeah I mean, I think council turnout was, what, 30%? So, I mean, the other 70% must have been so happy with their council that they want them to run more of their lives. I think that's how it so, works. So, I'm going to step in here. I'm going to actually genuinely say something, which is part of the reason turnout for councils is so shit is because increasingly councils can't fucking do anything. Like, they are under-provisioned in budget, and they are under-provisioned in terms of centralization of power in Westminster. And so people go in, well, you know, as much as I care about the bins, it's not actually going to fix anything, so fuck it. I totally understand and respect that, right? The problem is, Wes Streeting, of all fucking people, is lying through his teeth when he says he wants to fix this. Sorry. It's just absolute horseshit. Not going to happen. Well, if you want some more horseshit, how about a strong economy and a just society go hand in hand? Sure, Wes. All right, tell us another one. Real fire <laughs> slappers you got going here. Yeah, and, and once again, the problem, one of the big problems is, is, is Labour is still not trusted with the poons, and therefore it's incredibly important that it convinces the high and the middle classes, uh, the, sorry, the upper and the middle classes of the United Kingdom, that lifting children out of poverty is good, actually, because when you lift them out of the economy, out of poverty, that's good for the economy, which is good for everybody. It's not that lifting children out of poverty per se is good, well, it's also that, but first you have to show the landlord class that paying a few extra P in tax to help the children is good. Something that I think we've, we can be, uh, uh, we can agree on is something that's been very successful in the last years when, when we've asked la- the landlord class, would you like to pay some more rent okay, to you know, my help question the is, literally my question is, starving children? Why does he need to convince the middle and upper classes of fucking anything? Do you know what I mean? Because it, because Labour under a Labour West Streeting is like do you remember the latter Tony Blair years when it really became like we are not here for certain class shards to represent them in their interest they became about the Labour Party is literally for absolutely everybody everywhere all the time it's that the Labour Party must be for for everybody and must appeal to everybody and therefore you have to show the landlord class that you can handle their money to give to the poor children it's not just that it's also that. Are they fuck going to say it will fall the working class? Like they'll try to divest yeah. themselves of that as best they can. And it's like you know, there's like a there's a germ of truth in this, which is that political decisions historically you could pretty much show that is the interests of like the middle and upper classes that get represented in politics consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this has led to a self fulfilling prophecy where it's the middle and upper classes are the ones who actually vote. So there is like a germ of a truth in here, and the, the catch is like. What you basically need to do is build a new grounds for like what is a worker versus what is not a worker, and there's no reason that you couldn't include professional managerial classes, um, you know, occupations among workers, right? When they're actually doing work, the problem is actually building a kind of solidarity which they're going to be resistant to for like class status purposes. And the difficulty in building a movement outside of this is you have to put in the hard work of re-engaging people who've long been fucked off. See also Jeremy Corbyn's efforts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like Wes Streeting's not going to touch any of this horse shit, so lol, gotta get the landlords, that, the landlords that, that on board. That sounds like a, like a good project for like a serious political effort, but have you considered instead uh, that every Labour policy proposal should come with clear fiscal spending rules and an outline of where they would cut in order to make the pro- programme a reality? Because then, if the middle classes and the landlord class see that you are wise with the pounds, then they will 
will will vote for you. If you remember, this was uh, Annalise Dodd's whole stop. thing about the Comptroller General that we talked about at Christ knows how many don't, episodes Don't ago. stop, Rob. I'm nearly elected. <laughs> Can we just solve the entire problem of the Labour Party by like, all chipping <laughs> in for a few EVE Online subscriptions and just let these cunts fucking play that instead? Because that's clearly what they want to do. They just want to fucking manage a spreadsheet. I want to have a big starship to just fuck around in. Yeah, probably true. Yeah. Um, There's your fucking status. There's your fucking spreadsheet. Have fun. Fuck off. Leave us alone. They can't, they can't, um, they can't like fucking transcend to, to like fucking EVE Online full time until they've like done something about online anonymity. Because if they went on EVE Online now, they'd just get trolled to fuck, wouldn't they? So. <laughs> I guarantee you Wes Streeting's the sort of guy that if he played EVE Online, he would make his username like Wes Streeting MP. Or something like that. He's that kind of cunt, frankly. Uh, so let's talk about some of the proposed solutions for the burden of inequality. The first one is essentially, I won't go through the whole thing, but it's just shifting tax burdens around doing less inheritance tax. But definitely, definitely, we can't do a financial transaction tax until everybody in the world agrees to do one all at the same time. Because if we did one now, then the City of London would be sad. And we can never have the City of London be sad at any one time. Brief side note, by the way, if you remember last year, Biden did that big, big show and tell that the, there was going to be like a new global minimal corporate tax rate. If you remember, that was like mm-hmm. agreed and everybody was like, look, liberalism works. Yeah, that's been pro- postponed for two years because <laughs> the Republicans are torpedoing it. And when they have their house in a couple of months, it's dead. So, you know, another liberal pro- project dead in the water. And also the Polish don't want it, so the European Union can't have it. There you go. Um, Man, so much of our modern cursed, cursed world basically traces back to a plane full of Polish politicians just going down and taking <laughs> out the Polish left in one go. Like, we would live in a very different world right now if that plane hadn't gone down when it did. Yeah, it's kind of funny how you think about how many of these events could all have been changed had a plane just not been somewhere. <laughs> but yeah i do want to make again this is sort of the 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 riff on what we were talking about earlier yeah uh businesses will only deliver the tax receipts for future labor governments to spend if our fiscal policy strikes the right balancing to make sure between making sure they pay their fair share of taxes without incentivizing them to take their jobs and activity elsewhere essentially i will be completely at the mercy of the cbi if they threaten to take a single job anywhere else so the CBIs are the people who get to determine what the fair share is, because otherwise the jobs might disappear, and it's only the private sector that can generate economic activity. Um, but don't worry, Labour is supposed to be the pro-enterprise party, because if you remember, Boris once said, fuck business, that take, makes another fucking reappearance, that fucking dead cat that's never going anywhere anytime. Um, but he's got a plan to, because he does recognise that, like, British capitalism is not at its best. Like, it doesn't function really well for most of us. So here on page 12, I give you, the next Labour government should work with the best of British business to reform the worst of British capitalism. (laughs) Oh, newsflash, asshole. The best of British business is good because of the worst parts of capitalism. You fucking moron. Um. There is a, another one of the plans, as I said, is more devolution, more localization, uh, because, you know, this is, I think this has been, I can't remember a single fucking government in the last 20 years in the UK that hasn't promised devolution as, like, good, 
and just to give councils more powers, essentially. No budget, but definitely more powers to, like... It was labels one real things... trick for Scotland for quite a while, and because of that, they just keep slamming the button. It's, it's, the, it's the cargo cult actually, like, noticing some sort of change after doing a thing, and they just, they just keep doing it constantly. It's also Lisa Nandy's obsession. Is, is it Nandy or Reeves, the one who wrote the book about the towns, 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 and who has the Nandy. think tank Nandy, about the yeah. towns think tank? Yeah. Nandy is towns, 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 and like uh, tanks into Scotland. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, uh, and like Reeves is like some kind of fucking malfunctioning robot. I don't fucking know. Mm. <laughs> it's nice that I've got one thing in common with Nandy. Reeves looks like one of the fucking one of the the guys from Blade Runner got wet. Do you know what I mean? Like just short circuited <laughs> or some shit. I'm fairly sure Reeves is the one who was it 2015 said that Labour would be tougher on benefits claimants than the Tories. I'm pretty sure that was Reeves. yes. When when's she going to have time to be tougher on benefit on benefits claimants than the Tories when she's got to spend so much time evading Harrison Ford? <laughs> <laughs> Trying, trying desperately to come up with a convincing reason why she isn't flipping that turtle back the right way up. <laughs> In place of the lopsided approach of the current system of English metro mayors, there should be a consistent and well-understood model of local power and decision-making developed on a cross-party basis and with the local government association. Now, if you every, don't know who that every is... Fucking, every council should be replaced with a sorcerer, is what I'm hearing here. <laughs> I mean, you've you've proposed this before, Jamie, and I've got to say, it's not the worst solution to our problems, right? Just instead of all the council buildings and bureaucracy, you just have a fucking sorcerer's tower dominating the landscape from which inscrutable edicts fly forth, carried by, I don't know, skeletal monkeys or some shit. I mean, that is a vast improvement, especially when it comes to trying to pay your fucking council tax using the online portal. You damn better believe I'd rather gaze into Palantia and, like, have my my like I don't know money deducted by some spell <laughs> yeah. cast a mile away less, uh, and attempt to fucking online, call up less online portals more actual portals <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it, fucking exactly right just fucking do you know what I mean just yeet your bill and some coins into the nether realm and let the fucking skeletons deal with it <laughs> let the, have the fucking skeletons deal with the bins just like you know you hear the clack 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 every morning as the bins are getting emptied like I'd be down for that. Every morning, fuck you. You've got a good sorcerer. <laughs> just replace the bins with like a shed full of goblins, and you just like eat your fucking rubbish out, and they just like take it away and eat it. I'm liking this. This could work. Absolutely. Uh, how do they cut the grass? This is the clincher. Uh, napalm. <laughs> I mean, if it's a, if it's a sorcerer, he's got access to fireball napalm, guaranteed. Yep. Okay, I'm James, sold. James, it's uh, it's it's squig, squigs, squig herds. That's how you cut the grass and solve the garbage problem. What? Aren't they from 40k? No, they're also from fantasy. Are they? All right. Okay. Well, I bow to your fucking like supreme nerd knowledge. <laughs> of course, the, of course, the, the Dutch guy with interesting Christmas traditions plays Warhammer. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> um, but if you are worried about the pennies and you are oh, less fortunate, don't worry. And Wes has answers well. for you too. Oh no! Uh, he cites he cites some author named Hilary Cotton who wrote a book called Radical Help, uh, which <laughs> outlines the following: 
local authorities should work with people to help help them plan their own way out of challenges like poverty, uh. unemployment, and underemployment, ill health, or their struggles to care for loved ones. So what you need... My plan to get myself out of poverty is to catfish where street... <laughs> <laughs> But what if instead, Jamie, you had someone who taught you how to manage your spreadsheets better? Wouldn't that make you, would that help you really greatly, actually? Yeah. Have you tried mind mapping your way out of poverty? <laughs> I mean, this whole chapter essentially just seems to focus on bringing in more commissions, more reports, more local, uh, essentially just reproducing the society we have now with, but filling, like, creating another landfill's worth of reports. But they would be better because labor, because we're streeting. That's how that works. Someone bought the missus a mindfulness jigsaw for Christmas this year. And that is more... Did you beat use, them to death? That is more use than anything we're streeting is, like, proposing, has done, or will ever achieve. Yes. <laughs> we bought um, we bought one of those jigsaws a little while back from my partner. And there was a piece missing at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, no. <laughs> oh, I have never seen someone so enraged by a purchase. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Um, chapter two, the aging society. So the care sector is in crisis. That's bad. Uh, but we also need to take on board some difficult political arguments on how we build a society that cares. And if you're wondering how yeah. we pay, you know what those difficult, you know what those uh, those difficult political arguments are. We should burn the elderly for fuel. Close. Uh, he wants to pretty much do the dementia tax again. You remember that famously popular policy from oh, Theresa May? Yes. I bet he's not calling it the dementia tax, though, is he? The dimensional tax is something that your local sorcerer yeah. would live in. <laughs> <laughs> you don't pay the. You skip on paying the tax, and then one day you run out of time. <laughs> um, no, his his answer for the elderly is actually called the circle. Um, again, this is from the same the same woman called Hillary Cotton that I just cited, who also devised the what if I. Sorry, is that what we herd the elderly into before they drop a knife on the ground and say one of you gets out? It's just a big <laughs> well we tip them all into. Sorry, can I just like go back to that? You're running out of time thing. Like I've just got the idea of like the Eye of Sauron, but it's those it's those fucking benefit fraud adverts. <laughs> <laughs> This is the question They were the fucking business those though. It's like, oh, we do benefit fraud. You could be interviewed by the police under caution. It's like, I'll take my fucking chances, man. <laughs> yeah, except this version would be, you do benefit fraud, the lich king will ride forth to hunt you down. Like, just much better system. Yeah. Describing an initiative called The Circle, Hilary Cotton provide he's only read three books, by the way, um, provides evidence that such an approach works. Uh, working with a range of older people, some of whom were experiencing loneliness and ill health, her team designed a program of public action that built connections, relationship, and friendships, helping them help each other to lead better lives, from activities like coffee mornings, book clubs, art and cinema trips, to an advice line and a team of people willing to use their skills to help with odd jobs. Each circle of the project was funded with a startup grant from a local authority or housing association. And if you're wondering what that is, that's the big society again. Mm-hmm. In the Port most Ford. successful of the circles was the one that Captain Tom walked in. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, the amount of skeletons he summoned for his council was truly extraordinary. It also, like, to be fair, it also did the, the biggest change to a big society, right? So, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but hey, I mean, it got some of us a hundred bottle, hundred quid bottle of gin. Um, to to clarify, I, it's not actually a social care model, but rather one that once again... Did you, buy a, did you again, buy a bottle of Captain Tom's gin? No, I wish I did, because I would just, like, put it next to my small plate, of <laughs> my small wedding plate. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one, the, that's the Fergie wedding plate, isn't it? Yes, that's the Andrew and Fergie wedding plate that I got from Jamie yeah. as a present for Christmas. <laughs> Just, you you kind of, you accidentally pull the wrong bell cord in the haunted castle and a secret compartment opens up to Rob's Museum of British Alia. And it's just like, you know, extremely cursed artifacts like that. And if, you, uh, if you're curious, by the way, how we're going to deliver and install circles in every uh, community, uh, don't worry about it. They'll be it done with through... A, with, a, with a crayon and, like, some string. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's going to be done through citizen assemblies. Oh, I yes. love it, this citizen assembly. There we go, uh -huh. Rob. I'm hard already. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Imagine what we could do if you put, like, a big old group of 30 random fucking strangers from around the UK in one room and, and we said to them, solve the elderly but do draw a big circle on this blank piece of paper first and then go from there, uh, which can only And say the circle well. draw a clock. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a subchapter on, on immigration, by the way, uh, where I will say, to his very bad credit, at least he admits that the UK needs immigration, to do the jobs that British people don't want to do. Hint, oh, hint, yes. Mm. Uh, but the problem with, in, with uh, immigration... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, Rob, I'm actually confused. Why don't British people want to do them? They're too cool. Uh, don't, don't ask <laughs> <laughs> I mean, essentially, picking asparagus isn't fetch, uh, James, I think, is, uh, is how I would put it. Um, <laughs> sure, cool, 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 cool. Don't try to make fetch, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the UK does need immigration, but the problem isn't so much immigration. The problem is the Home Office. So what he proposes instead is to create a new Ministry for Immigration, which I think you will agree oh, God. could never be abused for anything. And don't worry, there's going to be, uh, because he needs to keep the, uh, the, Brexit, the, the Remain crowd online, uh, he says there would be a, like a special status for EU nationals, so they could come over much easier. But everybody else who's not European, right, uh, would get a points-based <laughs> model anyway. That's quite a that's quite a Dutch cough you've got there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's how we're going to solve the the aging problem. We're going to import s mainly Europeans, right, um, but not our third country people and we're going to put them in a circle and then also to attract these migrants from abroad and to make life better for carers who are genuinely underpaid and underappreciated in our society uh rachel reeves and west reading have worked together to create a new set of royal colleges for professions like care work giving carers a central role in design and delivery of their own profession which i think you'll agree that's what they needed not money they needed more they too much like you and your council, just need more control. Well, it's I mean, all care, you. Care has got fucking claps. They can, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. They've got, they got claps. They can have a fucking, what was it, a royal college? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Claps in a royal college. Yeah. That's, that's enough to live on. Yeah. I like to think so. Um, 
The fuck even is a royal college anyway? Like, you know what I mean? I think it's like a professional body. I'm not really sure what they do, if, if I'm if I'm entirely honest. If you know what they do, don't at me. I don't care. Was it a royal college that like had that fucking thing going where if someone could invent a, invent a clock that worked on a boat, they got like 200 English pounds or some shit <laughs> no, back in the day? No, that wasn't the same thing. No. no. no there's, like, there's a royal college of midwives and shit like that. Like It's just, it just a kind of professional body that manages... The, yeah, it's like I think it the qualifications and, it, 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 and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. qualifications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically a standards and a standards and prestige regime, bluntly. Yeah, which is kind and, of a bit stupid. And I think you, a that is both incredibly new labor, and b we don't have to talk about money. We can just give them a royal hat. That that's going to solve the problem right there. Well, I mean, that that's the entire fucking problem with Britain. It's like material <laughs> conditions. No, let's just give you a fancier hat instead and tell you that you are superior. Actually, because you play this classical instrument um, and subsist on poverty wages, you are higher class than this person who's an electrician and rolling in it, you know? It's, um, like, it's, it's, sorry, it's very disrespectful to me to be talking about this kind of subject like on the same day that that post box had its royal hat stolen. Yeah, that was great. That <laughs> oh, David, I, I didn't know. I'm I'm so sorry. Whoever did that, come on the pod. <laughs> yeah, no, unironically. I, I will we'll, we'll, change your voice in post yes. so that you can appear anonymously. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, um, 100%. Also, you... have, have, like, has any British government actually considered like making prestige like a fucking second currency? You know, like they do in like, uh, free-to-play video games. <laughs> no, you, you can't. The problem is, the problem is, David, in Britain, in Britain, you're only ever allowed to accrue prestige. You're not allowed to spend it, and that entirely explains all of the British media on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's let's turn to something where his dick gets increasingly harder, and that is the technological revolution, creating a future that works for everybody. Did you know that we are in the middle of an unprecedented industrial revolution? WeChat has a billion users. Disruption, jobs, technology, apps, computers. What? What? What chat? WeChat. WeChat. It's, it's primarily in used China. in China. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, but it has a billion users. Yeah. So there's a technical it's all happening revolution. in Britain. Mm-hmm. Manufacturers in the automotive industry are having to explore ways to reinvent their traditional business model, while new entrants like Uber and Lyft motor ahead with serious investment in driverless car technology and shared transportation models. That's what they're doing. That is... Sorry, did he actually use the phrase motor ahead? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, you know, they sent a poet. What can I say? Fucking hell. Today's today's technology-empowered customers open up an opportunity for the left to use technology and data to create responsive and efficient public services. Oh, fuck off. Um... And if you're, if you, you know, much like I suppose many of our listeners are worried about like the big challenge of the future, like inequality and specifically climate change, don't worry about it. He quotes extensively Bill Gates uh, in some MIT report who says in the next five years, so this was written in 2020, so in the next three and a half years, uh, the following will happen, and that will solve most of our problems. Um, Robots with dexterity arms, nuclear fusion, carbon capture and storage, and meat-free meat. and th- uh, and along with medical whiz bang technology like smartwatches with um, heart meters. Sorry, hold on. Who, so when we who, have all, who used the phrase whiz bang? <laughs> I I did. 
All right, okay. I was, I, I, I was, I was going to say, was that like if Bill Gates had actually said that, then just fucking lol, to be honest, like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really like you. It's understandable. I really like the idea that robots with more dexterity, so they can like have like hand-like coordination, that they will appear everywhere on our streets to like make us cups of coffee, and that's one of the things that's going to solve all our problems, according to Bill Gates, and therefore according to where streeting. See what it is, um, though. Like, because- um, I think what what was, the, what was that list? Because I think the only thing on that list that's actually likely to happen anytime soon is the meat-free meat, because we've already got that. Yeah, we do. It, yeah. I mean, they're also tanking in the stock market, so Christ knows how long that's going to last. Um, but if you're wondering, and if you're worried, maybe well, no, like I mean, you're had, listening we've, to this, we've had meat substitute stuff like forever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, is, I, is he maybe specifically talking about like fucking vat-grown actual grown. meat or some yeah, shit? Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. He's talking about like the stupidest version. Do you know what I mean? Where it's yes. like, what if, what if some tech guys disrupted meat? <laughs> like fucking. <laughs> I hate when my meat gets disrupted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, carbon capture and storage has been fucking very adequately shown to be a whole crock of shit. We've talked about that. Nuclear fusion is th- only 30 years away. That's that's something that no one's ever said before. And the robots with dexterity, <laughs> like, we already have ones that can build cars that more they fucking want. What yeah, but do you, you have robots can jack you off? Uh, that's exactly what I was about to say. Like, do you know what I mean? How Bill have Gates, we all forgotten about the Chinese dick sucking machine? Bill Gates <laughs> wants a fucking wants a, a sexy robot that can like fucking crank them off. The thing is, they want these uh, you know manual dexterity robots. What they basically mean by that is they want a robot who they can shout and blame for being down on the till and then send to mop out the back area at the end of the day. Like you know, that, that's what they mean. They're basically picturing like robots that can entirely replace menial service work. That's what they want. It sounds fucking you know? yes. great, to be honest. So, like, nothing no, on that no. list is coming true because the only, the only, like, when when people say like, oh, like, actually, there is one technology that you could describe as whiz bang, and that's drone strikes. That's the only one that's <laughs> yeah. ever going to fucking go anywhere. Uh, if you're wondering, by the way, um, how how you, the listener, might cope in the situation because the technology, the, the jerk off robot, might you know displace you in your career. Um, how will we? How will we deal? Well, West Streeting's got the answer for you. Uh, the answer to the tech revolution is lifelong learning, which is also a social leveler and the route out of poverty. Um, therefore, under a West Streeting Labour government, there will be a 20-year roadmap to ensure that lifelong learning opportunities are around for all, as well as SureStart. SureStart is back. Uh, right, see, before we dive into the fucking SureStart being back, what is the future that he actually pictures? So... A bunch of fucking robots have taken all menial service work, and that's fine, okay. And everyone else is, what, back at university now? David, David, you ask what future he pictures, just picture a giant Ronald McDonald shoe stamping (laughs) on a face forever. (laughs) No, but seriously, like, what what, what does he think is going to happen at that point? Like, there's a reason. Okay, in all seriousness, he doesn't. He doesn't believe a word of this. It's horseshit. It's for the Fabians of all people. This is just, this is just being able to say you've written it. That's what this is. He's written this, this whole thing just to say, well, I went and showed my socialist bona fides by producing this thing for the uh, Fabians, don't you know? It's like a right a passage for these cunts. Uh, he, actually, you know? he actually does want like a fucking robot that can wank them off, but he wants it to look like Grimace. 
Um, yeah, and also just to make sure that everybody does learn how to work the computers, um, is that computer science he that's, thinks that's needs the to be fucking, a core that's the best subject. Thing about, like, if they ever actually invent a robot that wanks people off, is that it won't actually be a robot. There'll be some guy on minimum wage in the third world who's having to control it. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I guess the problem. Tell like, okay, maybe tell it on myself here, yeah, but teledonics it actually exists, and what you just described, Jamie exists that stuff is that it's things which are real um well yeah, yeah but these ones you know, would be cheaper and on every street corner you could just go to the robot jackoff booth i mean it's it's it really honestly is just they want robots that they can replace their abusable staff with that's it that's that's the whole thing again i'm not seeing like, a problem with in this. order for it to work well, in order for it to work, they, what they really want is they want robots with manual dexterity and robots that can feel shame and embarrassment so that they can be shouted down. That's the goal. That's Even the fucking better. Because if, if you get robots with a dexterity, you've got a bunch of people who are no longer fucking working who are all, all of a sudden going to be like, hmm. And, you know, well, they could do lifelong learning. They can learn to, how to code. Well, yeah, yeah. They, they could go learn how to code, or they could like, maybe take stock in the position that they're in, etc. And revolutionary shit. Um, or you make the robots feel shame, and then they just get to Skynet us. At which point, like, fine, good. Either way, it's yeah. a winner. Replace the guy that mops up spills in like fucking Asda or whatever with a robot that that guy then has to control from home for half his like previous pay. My favourite version of this was we actually do have a robot which can mop up spills and stuff, right? But it still requires someone to, yeah. like, clean the fucking robot. Is yeah. the, like, the, the stupid part of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, we, we talk, talked we about, talked about one that, of those yeah. robots with, uh, well, yeah, well, with whether there's a problem. Um, but I just want to confirm what you will not be getting in the West Streeting future. Uh, let me quote mm-hmm. again. Some of the more ambitious ideas in previous Labour manifestos, like shorter working week or trials for a universal basic income, raised more questions than answers and left Labour exposed under the scrutiny oh. of a general election campaign. So those things you will not be getting. Shut your fucking shit, Wes. Like... Right, okay, so I I'm need to work invent, the same I'm amount invent of hours. A robot, a robot with manual dexterity that can flip off Wes Streeton. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm gonna build then I'm gonna build a thousand of them and deploy them outside his house. Do you know what I mean? Like fuck it. Jamie, why are you putting us out of a job is what I wanna ask you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the future. Work smarter, not harder. Or not at all. But what if they put all the <laughs> what if all the jerk, jerk off robots put the skeletons out of business? See, then we have some real problems. Um, Stop asking my robot to work. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie is the guy in the third world, aka parts of the north, controlling the big robot fleet that's flipping off Reb's, uh, Wes Streeting. Like, uh, yeah, I could get behind that. You're going to get fucking letters, Matt. I know I'm going to get letters, right. This was, for anyone, I, I hate to do, I do hate to clarify for the benefit of those of our listeners who don't get the point, but the, uh, the North-South divide is real, there is a real economic disparity, and the, you know, disproportionate expenditure in the UK, and the difference in quality of life and other outcomes, is not unlike a country emerging from a civil war. So, that was a hyperbolic way of making a joke on that subject. I do not actually think the North is a third world at all. I, however... <laughs> think oh, that the North would be much better off if you just gave the North 
um, some fucking big robots. Just just let Jamie do Pacific Rim, but the entire yeah. point of it <laughs> oh, is yeah. to just flip off Wes Street. And... <laughs> Jamie, what would your Pacific Rim robots gimmick be, right? Uh, well, they would have like three hands. And all they would do is flip off Wes Street. <laughs> all of the middle fingers rotate with the words fuck off printed on them yeah no I've, I've just figured I've just figured out like um, you know what I mean like fucking Wes and everyone else wants like robots to just replace northerners you know what I mean that's basically like and then the robots don't complain and they don't fuck, they, but they all wear flat caps and like they, fucking, <laughs> they do racism and they're cheerful all the time they have little robot whippets yeah and they never, they never complain about like fucking, you know what I mean, like the north-south divide or anything like that. Yeah, or, or the nuclear storage facility beneath their feet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of nuclear storage, uh, let's talk a little bit about the climate emergency. Cathedral the entire thinking. The to- entire north of England just replaced with like a fucking animatronic theme park for fucking like the upper classes to come and go. Oh, isn't it like exciting? Look at how these people used to live twenty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Labour's notion of a green industrial revolution draws from our own great history. Britain led the first industrial revolution as the workshop of the world, and we are well placed to do so again in 2020. Oh shit. Yeah, you destroyed the British manufacturing base. It doesn't exist, even if you wanted it to. And you won't, because you can't. You won't. What what we need to to bring about like a fucking a second like industrial revolution is to let children work in factories again, but for like carbon I credits mean, or some shit, so that it's a green industrial <laughs> revolution. Ah, Weirdly the enough, Tesla he, model. Sure, he's a huge fan of tax credits for long term sustainable jobs, as well as a green investment bank is. and green technology. The high dexterity robot that pulls children's corpses out of the fucking like mill. <laughs> Runs on electricity that's generated with solar panels, so you know what I mean. <laughs> but have you considered that Britain could also lead a new Bretton Woods agreement for the 21st century to give the IMF and the World Bank a green I, mandate? I don't even cause... know what that is, so no, I hadn't fucking considered it, mate. <laughs> it sounds like it's got something to do with golf. Is it to do with golf? No, it's not to do with golf. I can sort of see how your brain gets there, Jamie, because it's got woods in it, right? And Breton sounds like some kind of Breton green kind of thing, so you're kind of thinking golf, maybe, perhaps? Like, I can, I can sort of see that, yeah, definitely. No, it's essentially, it means, what if we slightly rewire the rules of global finance to put some green twine around them, and then we will be okay. Uh, but some of the things also that you will not be getting, let me read again, some of the most radical proposals from the green movement, from high aviation taxes to discourage flying, to measures to reduce meat consumption, are at this point in time unlikely to achieve democratic support. They therefore risk impeding progress on measures that would easily attract consensus. So those are not the things that are possible. The only things that are possible are slight tweaks to capitalism, which loves tweaks. Good, huh? Have you considered banning plastic straws? The Wes treating story. <laughs> Have you considered making it your own personal responsibility to buy more efficient light bulbs? The Wes treating story. I guarantee you that Wes Streeting was not happy about the fucking plastic straws being missing because he's not a fan of the yeah. new paper ones at McDonald's. No, he's not. <laughs> we, we, we know that. 
It's basically is is better things aren't possible. The Wes Streeting story. Mm. Well, I mean, but he does want to give more mili- more money to the military and fully commit to the nuclear deterrent even more and be happy to use it because his problem with Jeremy Corbyn also agreeing that there needed to be a nuclear deterrent is that he didn't think that he thought that other countries thought that Jeremy wouldn't press the button. So we oh, must always say that we want to press the button. button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be funny. It's going to be funny when like climate catastrophe fucking renders the nuclear uh, deterrent completely worthless. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, we'll press, we'll press this button, and like your entire fucking country will be reduced to like a scorched wasteland. You'd just be like, yeah, and do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Please do it. Make the rains fall once again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I bless the nuclear fallout down in Africa. <laughs> uh, uh, and also, responsibility to protect is back from the dead. Oh. If you don't remember what that is, that's like, like, it's like a 2000s thing, where actually, if other countries do human rights bad, then the UK and other presumably NATO countries would have the right to militarily intervene, because they would oh. make things better and not do we worse. Need, do we need the right to do that now, do we? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we would just give it a, a fuzzier bit of clothing. Uh, we would just make it nice and about good things. And Iraq was a mistake, but we shouldn't look back on it too much because we've done that now. Sorry, speaking already. of looking back on Iraq, did you see that speech by George W. Bush? Yeah, I fucking did. That was disgusting. That's the, that's the serial killer in the end zone gloating wearing your mom's hat. I just, he, he gets up, he does this speech, and he opens it by saying that the invasion of Iraq was a trap, and then catches himself and corrects to Ukraine. And it's like, that right there is what this whole shit is about. Anyway, sorry, back on topic. We must rebuild the skills pool available to the government at the Foreign Office, GCHQ, and MI6 by seeking out digital communication specialists and a oh, greater sorry, number if, of foreign if MI6, language speakers. If MI6 are having a skills shortage, they should maybe stop trapping like their own agents in fucking suitcases. so essentially in conclusion people places and planets a new story for our party and a brighter future for our country which can be roughly summed up as we want good things not bad things but literally for everybody there is no opposition there's no dialectics in 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 government we just better things are possible if we if everybody has nice things, and Labour only wins when we turn our faces firmly to the future. How do we do that? You ask? More devolution, so more circles, more local, more tough on crime and tough on the causes of crime. Um, mm-hmm. And we need to be an innovation nation with a good work commission. Green finance and the UK <laughs> will remain... Mm-hmm. Do you want to lo- No. Uh, we've run long enough. I won't bore you with the Good Work Commission. Essentially, no, that's sorry. A- I want I want to hear the Good Work Commission. Yeah. Sorry. Um, All right. Tell me cool. about the Good Work yeah, Commission. Tell us Rob. about the urination nation that we could become. <laughs> <laughs> the next Labour government should follow the successful model of the Low Pay Commission uh, by establishing a Good Work Commission to negotiate the future future of employment rights and protections. Negotiate. Hmm. That feels like mm-hmm. that's doing a lot. And if you're of... wondering who's going to be doing that, a good work commission will bring together employers and trade unions with the government. So we would all just be together working it out. You know, there's no dialectic. Just get a bunch of people round a table. A yeah. bunch of people round a table. Problem solved. Simple as, right? Yeah. It's the synthesis. That's what that's what he's doing. He's he's synthesizing. And the good work commission would aim to be established 
its terms of reference and conditions in the first labor term on the West Treating and then possibly get to work in the second term of a oh, West Treating it's, it's just the most, it's the most fucking liberal bullshit ever. It's not, we will institute the following good, much-needed changes. No, it's, we will establish a, co- a commission to explore the possibility of perhaps delivering a specification for an improvement to suggestions on yeah. new labor relations and we're cutting it's in the, the it's the British version of just like, farming everything out to fucking committees like they do in the US. Let's have a subcommittee mm. on this, that, and the next fucking thing, which forms like nine other subcommittees beneath it, etc., etc. But that's like a yeah. huge tone throughout this whole fucking pamphlet. It's like anything that could be remotely good or pro-worker rights or, or you know, anything that might actually make a, a positive dif- difference in your life, that's shunted off to the long committee to be studied. Anything well, yeah, that's like you've got bad to, and repressive you, and shitty, that's going to happen immediately. You've got to you've got to start from a point of compromising with the bosses. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't just yeah. ask mm. like workers and unions what what needs to change. You've got to have a boss there to say no, it doesn't. You know what I yeah. mean? It's very important that we hear Charles Manson's opinions on abortion. Fuck. <laughs> 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 It's like it's like the fucking thing the other day with like you know GMB reaching a deal with Uber to represent Uber right out of nowhere. GMB weren't doing any of the kind of fucking groundwork or you know actually organizing people. You know they they didn't really speak for anyone, but they saw an opportunity and leapt in and said, "Hey Uber, how about you recognize us as your union and we'll concede that all of the drivers are self-employed." And Uber went, "Sounds good." It's like it's this kind of shit, you know. Even if they do actually produce some sort of commission, it's a commission to essentially pre-compromise and give the bosses everything they really want. You know, horseshit, just absolute horseshit from start to finish. Yeah, no, it's it's fucking disgusting. This whole pamphlet, like, it, I mean, it's not a surprise, right? We know that this is just Blairite clonism, but I, what I genuinely, I mean, we've talked about it before, I know, but like, what I genuinely kind of, like, this guy who was in opposition, opposition, you know, he was against the Corbyn project, he was against all that stuff, and he just wanted to get back to sensible centrism, and then he's given 60 pages, all of which I've read to, like, my own excruciating pain, and this... Five years to think wild new things, to to be, you know, the sensible center, to come up with something sensible that everybody can do a thing with. And this is it. It's the circle, more devolution, and slight tweaks to global capital. It it frustrates me so much. Like, if you're going to be shit, I prefer you be like the Tory shit and, like, just announce headfirst that your intention is to, you know, dehumanize whole groups of people and just immiserate the rest of us. Everything else is just this shit. It's so fucking... It's nothing. There's nothing there. It's just soulless. Let's see again. Let's see if we can get Shawstar up and running again. Didn't you love 1998 when your dick still worked? It's just like... It's incredible. And and the responses that I read from it, from like at the time, all these journals, politics, home, the Guardian, all the others, like, oh, it's a it's a brave pamphlet that really lays out a substantive vision of the future. There's nothing substantive in there. That's just words written for cunts by a cunt. And like this, it's it's Starmer again, but like worse in a way. I don't know if he's worse. He's the same. Oh, he's, no, he's 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 worse. He's worse. Right, like Starmer at least had to kind of come up and pretend that he was normally in favour of something approximating, something that a really labour-brained person might think was good, right? Streeting does away with the pretense entirely. Yeah, I think if you put put Streeting 
in a room full of the same advisors as Starmer has, uh, like, Streeton wouldn't actually take the bait and the bullshit, and he would just, like, actually proceed with what he wants to do, as opposed to hyper-triangulation. Like, he's going to triangulate, because he's a playwright, and that's what they fucking do, mm-hmm. but he's got a very specific target with his triangulation, whereas Keir Starmer does not. Keir Starmer is literally just trying to be everything for pretty much everyone, and he's only very slowly being talked into, actually, you can disregard this yeah. group. Well, it's like, Keir Starmer was basically there as a holding pattern while they locked down the party and got rid of all the lefties. Yeah, he's, he's tabula rasa, basically. Like, he's, he's only there to be this blank slate that whatever's required that the thing can be projected upon. It's just that, mm-hmm. like, unfortunately, there's however many different fucking camps trying to project things on him at the same fucking time, and they can't not get a clue what's going on. Well, this is the thing. Keir Starmer, the Keir Starmer project was never meant to win. No. The Keir Starmer project was simply meant to prevent the left ever winning again. Uh-huh. And he's been wildly successful in that. Mm-hmm. And Wes Streeting, meanwhile, is the actual, right, now it's time for one of ours kind of shit. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, no, you know, <laughs> dehumanise yourself and face the Streeting, basically. Like, it's going to be wild. Well, that. But even that, like, even if you're just like the, you know, the middle class bougie twat, whoever this is, whoever the real audience for this is, apart from a bunch of columnists, I mean, there's nothing there. There's nothing to get you out of the house, even if you're like a, a middle class person, except to like a decency and, and fiscal responsibility. And like, we fucking tried that. It was called Ed Miliband and it didn't work either. <laughs> like, it's, it is, it's solid, pure stream gold of here's an excuse to stick your fingers in your ears and ignore the poor. That's what he's selling. I knew he wasn't a good person before. I knew he was a terrible politician. I, there was that quote that's widely attributed to him. I'm pretty sure it's it's true, though I can't know 100%. That he said something like, uh, uh, Labour should drag one of its sacred cows and slaughter it until the streets run red with blood or something. That's it, It's something along those lines. I'm like, what, what war do you want to kill? Like, it's all gone. Everything that was... Corbyn is essentially hacked apart already, or it soon will be, you know, like, uh, you know. Oh, you know. You yeah, know the ones. I know. Yeah, but it's like, but again, at the end of the day, you do all that, right? Like, you fill the room top to, top to bottom with blood, with the blood of children and unions and uh, wizards and, and decapitated robots. And then what do you have left? What you have left is the Diet Coke of the Tory party. And who votes for that when they can have the real thing with, like, more cruelty and viciousness then the Labour Party will ever be able to, ma- to, to manage. Like, what do you have? It's like, I f- it's, it's the whole thing. Like, you know, okay, here's the thing. When people are presented two choices, you can be a bastard and feel bad about it, or you can be a bastard and go, wee! They're gonna, they're gonna be a bastard and at least go, well, fuck it, I might as well enjoy myself. Like, that's the whole Boris Johnson Tory party animus right there. I mean, It's, yeah. we're gonna do terrible things and you're gonna, you're gonna just be able to feel shameless and enjoy it. Yeah. Versus what's the Labour offering? We're going to make hard choices and hair shirt the whole time to punish ourselves for it. It's, you know... It's it's well golly gee versus more money for us, fuck you. And I respect more yeah. money for us, fuck you more. Because at least yeah. it's honest. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I mean, like, realistically, yeah, he's only going to take Labour to this really fucking pointless and shitty place where eventually it will hopefully dwindle, die, and cease to be relevant. Um... You know, we live in hope. <laughs> exactly. And on that cheerful note, I didn't pre- pre- prepare comment or commentary because, quite frankly, I've read enough West Street to last me several lifetimes, and I had a, <laughs> I have a headache. That's anyway, yeah. I'm back. Hi. <laughs> 
Roll. <laughs> Roll. Okay. Yeah. Let's um. Let's let's fucking get winding things up. Um, apologies for the disjointed release schedule the last week or so. Uh, things have been occurring, but uh, that's mostly mostly sorted now. So things should start to get David, back to normal soon. Don't 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 hide it. David fell down a well. I did not fall down a well. He fell down a well, and we had to send Alistair down to get him out. And now Alistair is stuck down the well, and that's why Alistair's not in this episode. If I fell down a well, I would refuse all help. Thank you very much. We know that's why we had to send Alistair down to get you out. Ugh, thanks. Um, so yeah, like I say, that's that's pretty much all sorted now. We should be back to normal. The bonus for patrons that should be out soon. Uh, keep an eye out for that. Will be out before the close of the month. Uh, we have a a very fun uh, military themed episode there for you uh it's it's not it's not an all tank i'll give, I'll give it that much it's not an all time no no funny. no we're, we're moving we're moving on from the ajax much fun though that thing is yeah although look out because more things have come out <laughs> recently so <laughs> who knows um yeah uh we have got our schedule set up for the next month we have a couple of guest appearances hopefully at least one's been confirmed which is good and we will have next week for you Another cultural committee, uh, this time one that you'll all be at least passingly familiar with, so look forward to that. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash PraxisCast for the Discord, bonus episodes, everything else. T-mail dot, well, PraxisCast.tmail.com for the uh, store in which we have shirts. In fact, we'll have another new shirt launching soon. Watch your stream as well. Oh yeah, fuck, watch the stream. Um, sometimes, occasionally, more than likely Thursdays, maybe possibly Mondays, uh, that's twitch.tv forward slash practicecast as well. And sometimes on weekends. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> whenever the fuck get... we feel like it. <clears throat> Look, we're not promising that the content is organised, we're just promising that it's good. <laughs> or at least that it's around. Yeah, yeah. There's content. That's, what, that's the bar we're promising. <laughs> content. It exists. Things it's will there. happen. Something you can rely on. Anyway, bye. See ya. Bye. bye.